0: Warning, the podcast Under the Stairs is not safe for work We'll feature movie spoilers and language which most listeners may find offensive Brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs hi everyone and welcome to the podcast under the stairs this is bonus episode number 46 i'm your host duncan mcleish and welcome to the show on this very special bonus episode number 46 this is the conclusion of our challenge Teapots august 2017 show another movie club where we get to go through your reviews your thoughts and opinions on Time Crimes, the Nacho Vigalondo movie which I reviewed a couple of weeks ago on this show. Thank you very much to everyone that submitted in a review. Uh, this was a ton of fun and the reviews have been interesting to say the least. So we're gonna get to that real real soon. Just a very, very quick reminder. We are not putting out a Teapot's top 10 show this week uh, but this is another two episode week on the show so this is a bonus episode dropping here on monday and on thursday it will be the four year anniversary podcast under the stairs extravaganza yes on thursday the 31st of august 2017 it will mark exactly four years to the day that the podcast under the stairs put out its first episode so many moons ago covering child's play back in the day and um, yeah, it should be a real fun show. We're uh, gonna be playing some uh, feedback and some audio clips from you guys and other podcasters. I have a fantastic review booked with, uh, I guess that's not been on in a while, uh, Jamie J. Sammons, who was on that very first Podcast Under the Stairs episode, will be returning uh, back under the stairs to discuss Brian De Palma's blowout. Which is a movie I've been wanting to talk about for a a very, very, very long time. It's a movie that I love dearly and I can't wait to start discussing a bit of De Palma with someone who I know for a fact also loves that movie quite a bit. Um, And you're also going to hear your questions answered on a, a... Ask Teaputs segment with me and the Baz. All that coming up on Thursday. Um, The following Monday, so a week today, so that should be the 4th of September, uh, we will be... Is it the 4th of September? My maths is bad. I'm going to say 4th of September. Um, We will be back with uh, 1976 um and the, the the run of our top ten of seventies horror. I'll be joined by Andy Blockley. That's an incredible year as well. Some heavy, heavy hitters out in seventy-six. And I'm looking forward to the conversations and where they go on that show. But next week is also a double episode show so you're gonna get seventy-six on the Monday and seventy-seven um is gonna drop on the the Thursday, I think, so it'll be Thursday the 7th and that will be 1977 with my guest, Doug Tilly. So yeah, a ton of things to come up. Now, before we get into any more stuff, I want to take a quick second to say that we found out on today, the day of this recording, which is um, on, on the Sunday, Sunday the 27th of August, 2017, that last night we lost Toby Hooper. Now, I, it's it's difficult to to put into words how important a filmmaker Toby Hooper was. Um, I got the opportunity on a Thursday Thursday live stream to talk about the impact of George a. Romero Romero, um, because that happened about the time I was recording uh, that Thursday Thursday that Romero had passed away, and it was difficult to verbalise then how difficult that loss was to to myself being a a huge fan of of Romero's body of work, not all of it um, but a large part of it, his influential uh, Dead trilogy, some of the later Dead films which have varying levels of quality but his works on things like Creepshow, his work with Argento on the two evil eyes, um, just just a tonne of phenomenal stuff that that man was behind. It, it was a huge loss to the horror community and I've said on many, many occasions that I genuinely think one of the greatest horror films of all time is Texas Chainsaw Massacre and we would not have seen, as this 70s run has shown, the, the change in direction that horror would take had it not been for the visceral terror. And psychological trauma caused by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre upon its release in 1974. It's a hugely influential movie, a hugely important movie, Um, his work on Salem's Lot, his alleged work on Poltergeist, um, Life Force, Invaders from Mars um, the list goes on and on of Toby Hooper's contributions to the, the horror genre, and whilst I'm not a fan of everything that he has done, and certain movies I genuinely think are bad movies, uh, that does not take away from the fact that he is, was, and always will be, a master of horror along the likes and names of, of uh, Romero and Craven, who, who we've now lost three of the great masters of horror. So, take a bit of time when you hear this show um, and cast your memory over the incredible body of work of of one of the true unique voices in horror cinema, love him or loathe him. And um, if you haven't already done, although I imagine a lot of us will be doing this tonight, break out a Hooper Hooper film, sit down, check it out, uh, relive the, the terror of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the goofiness of TCM2. Um, the wonderfully bizarre life force. Um, I go through that man's body of work. There, there was always something interesting and something incredibly drug fueled about his work. Um, the man was an artist, a, a genius at times and um, a great loss. To the, the horror community. So rest in peace and much respect, Toby Hooper. Right, um I'm gonna take my first break of the show. and uh, you're gonna hear promos for shows that I love when I return. We're gonna be looking at the first half of your reviews of Time Crimes, uh, the <laughs> the debut movie from Nacho alonzo We're gonna be right back to do that right after this.
1: Hi, I'm Joe Parker, and I'd like to invite you to check out my show, the Hybrid Moments Podcast. I'm just an average guy with a slew of interests, and the podcast is an extension of that. The theme of the show varies episode by episode, but some of the topics I cover include horror, music, comics, just about anything but politics. So if you like a little variety in your life, come on by and check out the show. You can find me on iTunes or Stitcher, or check out the website, thehybridmomentspodcast.com. You can also join the group on Facebook at The Hybrid Moments Podcast in the group section. Feel free to mingle, leave feedback, or suggestions for future shows. That's The Hybrid Moments Podcast with Joe Parker tune in to see what i cover next
2: did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds necrophilia it's a dead issue man don't don't push it cinema psyops is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject no one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. <laughs> no one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, Rude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore.
3: I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in it.
2: It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could it's get out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Listen to CinemaStyle.
0: And welcome back. So this is Movie Club, August 2017. We, a couple of weeks ago, put out our bonus episode number 45, where I reviewed the selected movie, Time Crimes, by Nacho Vigalondo, And um, here is the first half of what you guys had to say about it. So first up is our good buddy, Gav Taylor. Gav Taylor messaged me to say Time Crimes is a fun little movie. When it comes to time travel stories, I never really try to concentrate on what I'm seeing too much in fear of my head exploding with all the timeline confusion. This film, however, unfolds at a fun and unpredictable pace. I do love a a bumbling lead character and Hector is no exception. He fumbles his way through the story making mistake after mistake and it's a great watch. There are some great comedic moments as well as some genuinely creepy moments involving the bandaged Hector. This film really does deserve a second watch to see how everything links into each other. I will give this movie a solid 4 out of 5. Thanks very much for that review, Gav. And let's move on to our next review. This one came in from our good buddy, Joe Parker from the Hybrid Moments Podcast. He sent me in an audio review and Joe said.
1: Hey everybody, Joe Parker from the Hybrid Moments Podcast here. Uh, Time crimes, let's see. Uh, Well, this film was a display of chronological missteps and an existence rife with misguided attempts to repair the mistakes of one's past. However, in said attempts, one just exacerbates the errors, uh, thus reiterating just how vulnerable we are to the torrent of regrets that fate tends to throw at us at every turn. It's through our protagonist that we're reminded we're not the masters of our own destinies, and like struggling through quicksand, the more we try to right our wrongs, well, the worse things can become. Alas, we are. Merely leaves riding the wakes of a raging river. Yeah, screw all that. I was just trying to sound smart for a little bit. Um, No, it was just a really well done film. Uh, Really well done and uh, original. Uh, The premise of it, I haven't really heard of any films that were like that. Of course, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of film geeks out there that can reference half a dozen films that were just like this that came out before it. But um. To me, it was a really well done original concept. Uh, the cast was, what, maybe four people, but they all did a really good job. The lead did an excellent job um, as his character progressed through the film. Um, if, you, if you don't like subtitles, you're probably aren't gonna dig this flick, uh, but if you don't mind subtitles and you haven't seen this movie, check it out. It's, uh, it's well worth your time. I know a lot of people have really like, um, sung the praises of this film. Uh, me, I liked it, and it's got some rewatchability to it. Unfortunately, like a lot of flicks like this that have twists and turns, and, you know, nothing Shyamalan-style or anything, but, uh, you know, the twists and turns are, are great for the first time around, but it kind of takes away from the rewatchability. But, uh, to be honest, just the concept... And the work that the cast did was well worth watching a second or a third time. Who knows? Uh, Usually when it comes to these timey-wimey films, I'm way too dense to, uh, you know, really figure out what the hell's going on. So who knows? Maybe on a second and third watch, I'll pick up a little bit more as I go along. Uh, You know, what can I say? I'm a little slow on the upswing, so... But uh, yeah, if you haven't seen this flick, check it out. It's not a slasher. I'll say that right now because if I remember the trailer correctly, it kind of passes it off as a slasher. It's not, but it has some genuine um, suspense to it. Uh, The guy looks creepy as hell midway through the film. So, you know, I'm sure that'll give a scare to, to, you know, some movie watchers, but um, it's just a really... Excellent movie, great concept. Um I guess the only negatives I have on it are uh it did kind of wrap up kind of quick. It seems like the last third of the film just kind of ended. Um it wasn't awful. It's just a little nitpick and it still, you know, doesn't take away from the film. And then the other one, uh, I, I'll admit is a total nitpick. Who the hell sets a uh, time traveling, I don't know, installation in a residential area? Because, I mean, this guy lives, like, literally, it looks like maybe half an acre away. I mean, I know what the Large Hadron Collider, I'm sure there's not condos just kind of sprinkled all over the place where that thing's at. But, um, again, it's a nitpick, but it kind of, you know, and then they had, like, he just kind of bowled over the fence, Uh, you'd figure if they have time machine technology, they'd have that place a little more protected, you know, it's, it's a compound for God's sake. But, um, yeah, these are, these are minor, minor little nitpicks. If you haven't seen the flick, check that sucker out. It's, it's really well done. Uh, the writing, like I said, if I watch it a second and a third time, I'm sure I'll pick, you know, pick things up that I didn't, you know, hit on, on the first watch. So, uh, you know, I don't know what else I can say. Uh, I guess I'll just stop my yammering now and uh, say, yeah, that was those, that was my two cents on time crimes. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I guarantee it'll be worth at least you know the initial watch. Um, but I'm pretty sure that you're gonna watch it over again. So uh, yeah, laters.
0: And thanks very much for that review from our good buddy Joe. Joe, I giggled all the way through that. See you like that? Eh, I'm pretty sure there's not houses built upon the large hadron collider. Um yeah, I've never thought of that before. Yeah, it's unlikely. Makes me wonder what my what my neighbors are building. What's he building in there? What's he building in there? Clearly a time machine. and uh, but yeah, thank you very much for sending that review. And right, let's move on to another one uh, submitted by our good buddy Mike Patterson. He says many apologies for getting this in late, but I found myself in a bit of a dilemma. That being that I only watched the film once, and like Starry Eyes, I feel that a second watch was in order. Yet I could go on about how well Nacho Vigalondo directed the movie, how the story moves at a smooth pace, the scarier than Jason looking sack face of Hector, but all that I got in the first watch. The second watch was just to see a film about time travel that really doesn't care about the specifics of time travel, only the moral complications of time travel with a main character that isn't very moral. The question of going back in time to change something is always an interesting one. Be it would you, could you or should you change anything and what that outcome would be. These kind of questions both fascinate me and break my brain a little at the same time as like the theory of time travel itself, it can lead you down a never ending rabbit hole with infinite outcomes, though none of which can be very good. Thanks for picking this for Movie Club as it has been on my to watch list for years and Mike gave the movie 5 out of 5, thank you very much for submitting that review in, Mike. And I'm glad that I've managed to uh, force you to watch a movie that's been on that list for a while. It's always good to tick those ones off that have been on the shelf for quite a while. Right, this is our second uh, and final audio clip of this particular segment before we take our break. And this one came in from our very good buddy, Myron. Myron said... Hey Duncan, Myron here. Hope all is well across the pond. Movie Club, Time Crimes.
4: Uh, First off, This is about a second or third watch for me, and I really, really like this movie. It's a lot different than other time travel movies, as you don't start at one place, go through the time travel, and have an ending. This one really just drops right in the middle of a time loop. You don't know it at first, but you get to run every of the uh, three hectares, if you will, or two hectares. You get to run through each of their perspective, and you're left with one Hector, presumably Hector 2, as they called him, sitting with his wife. Waiting for it all to play out again, so he can hopefully kill the other two Hector's and live a somewhat normal life. I, I think it's a really unique way that they decided to do this movie. It's you know, it's not a huge budget, it, but they managed to pull off uh, an intriguing little plot with some you know awesome practical effects uh, with really you know not very much of a budget. I think the script is well written. I think it's, it follows a story very well. It doesn't leave a lot of loopholes to think, oh, what about this or what about that? It's just a very well acted, very well put together movie. You know, really, there's only three people that act in the movie, and I think they all did uh, very, very well. It was uh, an intriguing watch the first time I watched it, and I have to say, three times later, it is still held up. All in all, a great movie. I would rate it 4.0 time travelers out of five. i look forward to the next movie club duncan and i know Greg cummings is still recording his he might even still be watching the movie so i may not be the last sorry for the delay i know you get a barrage of these but you know it's no minute like the last minute talk to you soon
0: and thank you very much to myron for submitting that myron running um Uh, two for two on movie club or three for three how many movie clubs have we done have we done two or three I can never remember I want to say two but Myron's is running two for two on that one thank you very much for submitting your movie review and right it's time to take a very short break you're going to hear promos for shows that I love I'm going to shove a little musical diddy in the middle uh, just to get us through and when we return it's the second half of movie club movie reviews looking at time crimes Going to be right back to do that right after this. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities?
3: Then you've got the wrong f***ing show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll
0: be more blood, expletives, and then you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.purgernation.com. This is what you want, this is what you get. This is what you want, this is what
3: you get. This is what you want, this is what you get. This is what you want, this is what you
5: get.
6: This, this is a distress call from across time and space. I am Babs the automated biological support system for the humanoid known as the Witch. Witch vs the Doomsday Clock is the weekly chronicle of his fight for survival and entertainment on the junk heap of the future. Episodes are transmitted in 15-minute pulses across the dimensional divide weekly for your listening pleasure. As you will learn, the future is not set in stone, and a flux capacitor is a girl's best friend. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com groups slash witch vs the Doomsday Clock. The replicant known as Witch can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr and Instagram by searching for T-H-E-W-Y-C-H. The Witch vs the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Now, in the words of Lord Humongous,
5: just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. Do you believe in the But the dams are done Because now they've got my fear But the world is mine <laughs> Or could it be the time of something real that the one of the forces that we feel She destroys the world with sacred wheels So we're once the world divine Now we proceed or the end of the time And there are ones a place to lie I nice.
0: And welcome back So let's look at the second half of our movie club movie reviews You the listeners have been checking out the movie I selected for you That was Time Crimes directed by Nacho Vigalonzo. So let's jump right first into our next review which comes by way of Glenn Brewer. Um, Glenn says, I have a soft spot for time travel movies, specifically when it comes to dealing with the paradoxes which most of them do. Watching this the second time makes it an interesting situation in trying to write a review. If I had tried to write a review in my first watching I might not have been able to follow it. Hector is an everyman who's drawn into this mystery much like the main character in Memento. He has no idea what is going on and why he's involved. Once he exits the machine he still doesn't know what's going on and he doesn't know how much he's involved. The fact that Hector is still such an everyman who is trying to figure out what's going on makes him the perfect avatar for the people watching. Once he leaves the compound he starts and steps to fall into place uh, that he doesn't know he's been following. He doesn't want to hurt anyone but he feels he needs to keep what he's experienced intact. Once he starts holding the woman by knife point he starts being the nemesis of his own story. Even though he thinks he's just making sure the story plays out as it should, in the progress, he's making things worse. Um, thank you very much for submitting that, Glenn. You forgot to submit a grade, so I will not uh, begin to uh, preclude that you um, you are... Uh, you are one way inclined to give it a five or a three or a one or whatever so um we'll leave that minus minus grade but thank you very much for submitting that movie review and uh, I'm glad that you dug it as much as you did those are the things that go through my head when watching time uh movies time travel movies and you mentioned *Memento*, which is one of my favorite movies of all time so you get a big tick on your review Glenn thank you very much for submitting that right next audio review comes in from our good buddy Darren Wilson of the Psycho Semanticast Darren said
7: hey Duncan hey everybody it's Darren over at the Psycho Semanticast I fucked up last time and didn't get to join in on the fun of the last movie club. So, Time Crimes, Los Cronocrimenes, a 2007 Spanish sci-fi horror thriller film um, directed by Nacho Vigalondo and starring Cara El Halde as Hector. A man who becomes part of a really messed up weird time loop. Uh, I think it premiered at Fantastic Fest. I know it won Best Film at Fantastic Fest whenever it was there. A man accidentally gets into a time machine and travels back in time nearly an hour. Uh, This was my first viewing of Time Crimes. I should have maybe watched it a second time. It might have changed my scoring at the end. But what I really liked about this movie was how contained it seemed to me. I liked how contained it was, and it still had big impact. You know, this, this takes place you know, basically within a mile of his house, of Hector's house. He only traveled back in time like an hour and it shows how it doesn't have to be... I love Back to the Future, but it doesn't have to be 30 years in the past and you, your mom wants to have sex with you. One of the things that I didn't really like about the movie was just the very beginning, really. I, I felt like the beginning was kind of slow. Uh, it was kind of late at night. And I didn't know if I could make it through, but it, uh, but it grabbed my interest really fast after that. And the cyclical nature of it was really cool to me. And the dark humor throughout was just my style. I would say, I, if, if doing the old school Netflix, this one gets at least a four. If I watched it again and everything, it would probably go up to about four and a half. This was fun. I would recommend this to anybody that asked me. So yeah, uh, Netflix rating, four stars, probably four and a half. That was my experience with Time Crimes. I really liked it. It wasn't any bigger than it had to be. And it was really interesting. Uh, Thanks. Bye.
0: Oh, damn! what are you doing to me here? Cyndi Lauper in the background? Do do you not know that Cyndi Lauper was my first crush? Do you not know that, cheesily enough to admit on this podcast, that song was my first dance at my wedding? Do love a little bit of Cindy Lauper. Yep. Ah, oh, Cindy, Cindy, what are you doing to me? Except now your face looks like a melted welly. So there we go. Um, time is a cruel mistress. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for submitting that review through DERN. It was great to hear from you. Um, and no problem for missing the last one. Plenty more movie club where that came from. Now um, we've heard a lot of fairly positive reviews, some nitpicking here or there, but I like balance. I've always liked balance. Balance is the key that makes everything work and I'd be skeptical if I picked a movie and universally everyone liked it. Um, I picked movies to discuss on uh, movie club generally because I like them but that doesn't mean that I will always pick movies that I enjoy there's a good chance that somewhere down the line I might pick a movie that I don't like that I've heard other people speak highly of and come in with my position to see if it's challenged and very much like the previous one where we did three extremes certain people liked certain ones and disliked other ones that I liked and um, we need that balance and the balance this episode comes in from our good buddy Don Anelli uh, Don says as for time crimes I hate to say this, but it was an utterly pointless experience that I did not care for. The plot's convoluted, disjointed, and contradictory, as the reason why he has to continually engage in the same behaviour to keep this stupid loop going is utterly ridiculous. It keeps the film going for far longer than necessary, with a rather overdone concept that is all the film really has going for it. It still fails to resonate as much of a horror movie with no body count, no killer, no sense of fear from anything, and more confusion than answers in the story. As a well-made and original film, it rates a solid three and uh, three stars out of five. But in terms of enjoyment, it's a one-star film. But I still don't feel right giving it that grade since I'm not a fan of this style at all. Um, I mean. Don, that's fair. I, I think the thing about these movies are is that I want people to review the movies even if they don't. Like I, if I put a slasher movie out I would encourage people that don't like slasher movies to review them. That's how you get balance because a movie can't be purely judged by people that love you know the body of work of a director or the you know the the specific style it needs to be judged by people that are not comfortable watching that to see if the movie itself resonates with you um it's a bit disheartening to see that it didn't resonate with you as much as i kind of hoped it would um the only thing i would say is like in terms of everything you've written i can kind of see where you're coming from i i like to think that some of the other reviews have kind of seen where the A to B to C kind of carries the story, and where you know the the pointless loop, like as as you've identified, is maybe less pointless in that it always has to happen that way. Um, but I completely understand where you're coming from. It's worth saying though, um, in your review, you said there is no body count and no killer, and that's not. In essence, correct. There is at least one body, and the death is accidental. Um, so you could say that's an accidental killing, so there is no killer. But there is one body by the end of the movie. Uh, the young girl never made it out alive. Um, out with that, thank you very much for sending your review and Don me and you have some great discussions online I'm loving their conversations right now about the 70s stuff, you appear to be a massive fan of Italian horror cinema as I am and I dare say that somewhere down the line me and you will be on a Teapot's episode discussing the love of that subgenre. and I dare say an Italian movie will eventually appear or a European horror movie definitely will appear out with time crimes on um, a movie club and I look forward to your review then. Right, one more left this one's a doozy it's from our good buddy lee russell over at the must be destroyed on site podcast and um, lee sent us in a great review i think this is one of my favorite reviews i've received thus far doing movie club because lee really runs a gambit of possibilities um and, and takes us down many different avenues so strap yourself in for what is quite simply a An absolutely mind-blowing review from our good buddy Lee. Lee says... Hello, Duncan. Lee Russell here from They Must Be Destroyed On Sight.
3: Just got done watching Time Crimes, directed by Nacho Vigalondo. This is my first time watch for this, so there might be things I missed, of course. Things I may have not understood, but I'm going to watch this again because I really liked it. So, there we go. We're two for two in the movie club so far of things I haven't seen before and I ended up really liking. I do like time travel films and the coolest thing about time travel films is that there's so many theories revolving around what actual time travel would entail if it was possible and there's so many counter theories as well that it opens up this wide sandbox for any storyteller to play in and Nacho Vigalondo seems to realize this and he sort of sticks to a certain idea here but he kind of tricks you into thinking he's going with a different idea and at the same time he sort of gives little hints and throws little doubts into the equation here and there Uh, unless I've been reading this entirely wrong I think I know exactly what is actually going on in the film and essentially it's kind of a parlor trick illusion kind of thing from Vigilando where he sort of makes you think this is more of a typical time travel film than what it really is It's not quite what we're accustomed to. So, the idea here I think he's presenting is a predestination paradox. Um, The idea here is that history is unalterable. It's, It's predestined. So, for example, if you were going into the past to prevent someone from being killed, that person will still ultimately die in some way because the universe can't allow for that to change because it's already set in stone. So it will slightly alter things, but that person will still die. Uh, And after that, the time traveler, if they so choose, they can still use their time machine, go back to the future, and still live out the rest of their lives in a linear manner. And that's different from the idea of a time loop. And I think the movie tries to trick us into thinking there's a time loop going on here when there really isn't. A time loop is a sequence of events within a loop that reset after a certain point of time is reached, so whoever is in that loop is trapped in it and they're basically doomed to endlessly repeat this. So essentially they're like in hell. (laughs) So seemingly this is not what is happening to Hector here because It tricks you into thinking there's a time loop going on because we see the other Hectors and we see how the story plays out. But in reality, we are only following one Hector in the story. We are following what he perceives from his perspective. And we are following him in a linear fashion as he goes into the time machine two different times, I believe it is. But he goes in at different times. He's not going back in time, repeating events, and then going back in time in the same fashion. He is going forward, and as he progresses, he learns more about what's going on. He begins to understand more about what's going on. He realizes mistakes he's made, and then he makes this really morally reprehensible decision at the end of the film that sort of sets his life back on track, but at the same time is... Really, kind of scary when you think about it, because he's he starts as this mild-mannered, sort of dull-witted guy who, at the end, becomes much more uh, willing to do bad things just to get some sort of sense of normalcy back in his life. But really, he's not going back in time and redoing things over and over again. He's going forward and seeing himself going back. So there's essentially three versions of him all existing in the same time during the sort of progression of this story, which only goes, in, in real time, it only progresses about an hour to 90 minutes or something like that. And he goes back in time twice in two different uh, periods trying to fix things, of course. Yeah, this movie, unless I'm mistaken, really doesn't present a time loop so much as it just presents a man's journey in a linear fashion through time and sort of the consequences of that. And how should I best put this? I think the one thing that kind of hooks people in thinking that there's uh, illogical consistency here, that there's sort of a plot hole, is how does the time loop start in the first place? It has to be a time loop, right? Because for the very first Hector we see, who sees the woman out in the woods, and goes to investigate, for that to happen, the second Hector has to have gone back in time and taken the woman into the woods and set all those things up. But in reality, Hector 1 becomes Hector 2, and then Hector 2 becomes Hector 3, but what starts this whole chain of events is essentially the scientist turning the time machine on. That's the real start of everything. And I know it doesn't quite make logical sense, and as I even talk about it I'm starting to doubt what I'm saying but it seems to me that really it all hinges on the character played by Nacho Vigolando in this film as the scientist who uh, sneaks into the lab that's uh, a little set a little ways off of Hector's property he turns the time machine on Hector comes out so that was the first event that's where it all started and then we follow that Hector essentially well actually we go back and see what led to that Hector getting in the time machine it, it, it it's really hard to wrap your head around uh, even again as even as I say it I'm starting to doubt myself again but fuck I really liked it I think it in the end logically it seems like it works out in a consistent manner so I'm pretty happy with it maybe on further watches I'll have a different opinion but I think that's what I like about this the most is that it makes me feel uneasy it puts doubt in my mind Some of the possibilities are very horrific, and so in that sense, I think it kind of works as a horror movie as well. It throws in some giallo slasher elements that serve as a bit of a swerve at the beginning of the film, making you think this film really is something that it's not. Uh, Again, more misdirection, I think, from Vigalondo here. And in a funny way, it does kind of act as a giallo, because... As you go back and try to think about it, in some instances, depending on what sort of version of time travel you subscribe to here, there is a paradox. Things don't make sense, and I mean, the conclusion of every giallo, for the most part, doesn't really make all that much sense. Uh, why does the killer kill doesn't really make sense. So in, in, a, in a sort of, <laughs> I don't know if Vigalando is doing that, but it seems like in a sort of uh, funny way, it does mirror a giallo in, in that regard. This is a very grounded, uh, somewhat simpler version of an earlier movie, Primer. This sort of takes the exact same kind of idea of going into a, to the past just a small amount of time. And the difference with Primer is that it's much more cold, and it backs off from the viewer, doesn't describe as much, doesn't explain as much as this film tries to do with the time travel stuff. And Primer turns into a sort of a competition between two friends whose friendship is breaking down over the possibilities of what they can do with the time machine they invented and they start going back in time over and over again in a more convoluted and complicated series of events to try to outdo each other. Of course after watching this film I had to go online and start looking at people's theories for this stuff and some much more brilliant people than myself have tried to break this down and it doesn't seem like there's a total consensus here on just what is happening in the film which again goes back to me saying I really like this because this just raises a lot more questions and some of the answers are not very <laughs> they're not very comforting like the idea that we have no free will and everything is predetermined that goes against some of the other time travel theories of like the butterfly effect where you can make changes but even the smallest change might do something totally different than what you and in- had intended to do Um, Or the other time travel theory of multiple universes, where if you travel back in time, you essentially slip into a new universe and create a new timeline. So you're not really changing the timeline you came from. You're just creating a new timeline where the possibility of changing things is uh, presented. Who knows what's going on in here, because Vigalando is kind of tight-lipped on this. He doesn't want to give it away, and I applaud him for that. It makes the film much more interesting and much more worthy of revisiting. I've seen theories that also revolve around this as being kind of an allegory for infidelity, where uh, Hector's wandering eye is um, the, sort of the catalyst for this elaborate uh, time travel cover-up, essentially, of, <laughs> of, tra- of lies and deceit to keep his wife from knowing that he lusted after another woman. Who knows? I'm not going to go that deep in it. I've already scrambled my brain on this shit. But uh, thank you very much, Duncan, for uh, suggesting this one. I had fun with it, and I look forward to what's coming up next month. Uh, And I also, of course, look forward to seeing other people's thoughts on this because that's the coolest thing about this movie is to get a discussion going and seeing if... And I'm sure there's some other people in your T-Puts audience that are way smarter than me and probably just grasp this in an instant. And actually have the real answers. So I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. Alright, take care Duncan. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Oh, wait, almost forgot. 4 to 5 on the Netflix star rating scale. There you go. Alright, see you later. Bye.
0: And thank you very much to Lee From the Must Be Destroyed and Sight Fantastic podcast Please go over and check it out It's worth saying that Don has a new podcast Which is brilliant Go and check it out The Horror Mafia podcast Over on Horror Delia Network It is pretty amazing uh, Those guys have come out with I think they've only put out two episodes thus far And have come out swinging And I can't wait to delve into more uh, Cinematic masterclasses uh, With those guys Those guys are pretty fucking phenomenal, so go and check out that show as well Myron is over at the Ancient Slumber podcast, so check him out fantastic podcast as well does it with his buddy Chris, who lives over in England, so so please check that one out as well, right Whew, uh, I think we have done enough reviews and that's been another fantastic movie club. As we're saying ladies and gents, you will be in for a treat in the month of September. um, Ahead of his five week odyssey uh, into Baz V Halloween, the Baz is picking next month's movie club. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for when that show drops uh, in the next couple of weeks telling you what movie he wants you to check out in the month of September. But before we we close out the show, we're gonna take one more break and I'm going to be back to do that right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs and you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been bonus episode number 46 this was um the the conclusion of challenge teapots August 2017 And our second ever movie club Looking at Nacho Vigalondo's Time Crimes Can I thank everyone that submitted a review It was brilliant uh, Getting to hear back from you guys And thank you for everything you do I look forward to hearing from you again In future movie clubs um, Which will be coming Like I said before the break The Baz is picking next month's movie club So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one The Baz will be sending off with his choice of movie And we look forward to hearing back from you on that like i said at the top of the show this is another two episode week for podcasts under the stairs but we're not doing a top 10 show this week on thursday we drop our four year anniversary show um i can't believe it is almost four years of a podcast under the stairs kind of amazing and thank you very much for everyone that has given us the support they have to continue doing what we are doing It's, it's pretty phenomenal There is a multitude of ways that you can check out the podcast Under the Stairs. We suggest that you check us out on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, over there, please hit the subscribe button. That way you get access to our episodes as and when they drop. But you get access to the entire back catalogue of t Putts episodes. There's so many out there. Four years worth of work that you can get access to. If you are doing that, please take a couple of seconds and rate and review us. The ratings are really important. If it's five stars, for example, the more of them we get, the higher up the iTunes charts we're positioned for people to find the show. But the review is equally important. Um, When I'm searching for podcasts, the first thing I do uh, is check to see how many stars and then check the reviews uh, to see what other people are liking about the show why I should check it out. So it's free for you to do. It takes a couple of seconds of your time, but if you write something down, as to why people should check out the show it really does go a long way it's a great way to um support the show and um, we love you long time for everything you do for this show. Please check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio on SoundCloud on TuneIn and also check us out on Google Play. The podcast Under the Stairs can be found online at TeapotsCast.com. At the bottom of our homepage, you will find a little box that you can type your email address into and become part of the newsletter Under the Stairs, which comes out every couple of weeks and will always contain a competition that you can submit your name in for. That's right, you can win something every couple of weeks from the podcast under the stairs so what are you waiting for Teapotscast.com, bottom of the page put your email address in please visit our Facebook group page we are damn near at 500 members I think we're too short at the moment 498 members I would love to be at 500 for our anniversary show so um, people come and join us it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast The Baz is in charge of our twin prongs of social media sexiness on Twitter and on Instagram. Both of them can be followed at at cast Come and join the madness and interact with him over there. Uh, I apologise in advance for anything he says that may offend, which is almost guaranteed. Um, right, we're going to jump out of here. We're going to be back on Thursday with our four-year anniversary show. But wherever you are, whatever you're up to, and whatever the time zone is in this big, bad world of ours, please, please, please take care of yourselves. This is Duncan McLeish Broadcasting live from under the stairs. And I'm signing off. A dream a of day that
5: God will No one knows how deep the waves we've waded through I wish I could take